Whether it be in the New South Wales Ranges, Riverside in the Northern Territory, above treeline in New Zealand or Colorado, or in the tundra of Alaska, Hunting Camp is where the best stories are shared. Join me as I bring some of these stories to you, along with tips and techniques from some of the known and not so well known hunters of Australia and around the world. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Well, hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, another episode of Hunty Camp Down Under. Uh, this is the first repeat offender. Brad Murphy's back on the show. Um, he gives us a really good insight and a little bit of a different view of his, uh, his elk hunt in New Mexico uh, that happened there last month in September. Uh, great trip all around. Um, and it was good to sort of recap on it and, and, and share a few stories from it. So hopefully there's a few that, uh, that get something out of it that's uh, looking to get there in the next few years. We... we you know, we share a bit of intel and how we go about things and, and dealing with the, the fact that we didn't harvest. So, um, as I said, hopefully someone gets something out of it and, uh, and you guys enjoy. So, here we go, Brad Murphy and the recap of his New Mexico elk hunt. Cheers. All right. G'day, Brad. Welcome back to the show, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me again. Mm, been a uh, long and painful three weeks not being in elk camp. It has been certainly a bit of a change and uh, even worse when you look at all the Instagram shots and Facebook photos of uh, people that are still out there doing it and we're back here and it already now. Oh no, I sort of I had to I had to get myself off there. I couldn't I couldn't handle it, so <laughs> Yeah, I didn't I didn't look for the first week or so. No. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Mate, um, Not that I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um I don't know, it was a really I had a really weird week back. It was uh, I I didn't know whether I was excited to be home, disappointed to be home. I it was I was all over the shop. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, yeah, I agree, and I um, I, I normally handle jet lag pretty well, but this trip just sort of um, yeah, really threw me. I, it took me probably a good week to get over it. I'm mean, um, gonna be honest yeah. and say it was probably the night before we left. That was probably the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that was a good night. That, <laughs> <laughs> from what I can remember, it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was great. <laughs> yeah, those uh, light beers, mate. Oh, you they do your... it to you every time, eh? <laughs> Anybody out there that knows Brad, never listen to him when he tells you to drink a light beer. He's a, it's a lie. I, to be honest, mate, I never said they were light beer. I knew, I knew we were drinking that Bud Light and Coors Light and stuff wasn't light beer, and I just assumed everyone else did. <laughs> <laughs> like it's over there for anyone that doesn't know, like Bud Light, Coors Light, all those light beers—they're just low, um, low carb beer, not uh, not low alcohol beer. And I, I could not believe that, you know, the four of you didn't know that. And, uh, anyway, oh, that's good night. The eight, eight, good or night not, eight or nine pints later, and uh, stumbling yeah. out of the. The uh, the pub mate that was uh, that was good value. So <laughs> well, I can't I can't believe they cut us off once and then started serving us again. I know. What was we just had to change tables and we're all good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate. Uh, obviously, I got you on a night. It's tonight just to. Um, you know, I'd love to hear sort of, you know, your side of the hunt. Um, you know, you and I had very similar endings. Um, had an absolute blast along the way, yep. but. Um, yeah, just sort of wanted to see if you could, you know, break it down for, for those who were interested in, you know, getting over there and, you know, sort of what we went through and, you know, dealing with different things and, um, yeah, probably just, start, I guess, start from the beginning and, and um, you know, tell us your, your sort of side of the story. Yeah, well, um, uh, as probably people probably know from last time, like I, I was sort of the ring-in at the end, I got the call up. Um, I well, got the opportunity about six weeks out before we left, so um, to get the tag, um, and so I decided to go with the guided option, the same as what you did, you fellas did, um, for for the reason that um, I didn't have time to you know do do any Google scouting or you know find out about the area and uh, stuff like that, and I think that was a really good uh, good call in the end because it just made things so much easier with us, you know. Um, just being able to get over there, get into the camp um, with Matt and stuff and having everything set up, not having to worry about anything, having a guide there um, that knew the area and was able to get us into into elk. And I, look, I was into elk every day for the 10 days, which was awesome. Um, overall, I saw more elk and had more interaction with, with big bulls in the 10 days there than I have in 
um, six years of, of hunting public land and stuff. Um, so it was really awesome. Yeah, yes. it was really good. It's good to hear that, um, you know, because it's always, especially, you know, from yourself, that uh, I won't say that I organised it, but, you know, had a lot to do with the logistics of it, you know, getting us over there and organising Matt and, and things like that. And I guess it is a bit of a stress, you know, from all parts, you know, you you want to make sure that, one, you're in elk, and but it's never guaranteed it's public land. It, um, just to give people an idea on logistics side of things, you you know, we're more or less sort of five hours from Albuquerque, New Mexico, so... We're yep. not certainly not close to any kind of facilities. Um, I think uh, TLC was the well, two, Truth and Consequences was the first little um, sort of town that was close to us, and I think that was still two and a half hours from camp. So um, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, just the logistics side, and and obviously what we found out a little bit later in regards to you know dealing with with a down bull and those kind of things that uh, when you when you're that that far out from you know, from services and, and, and not really knowing anybody down there. Um, yeah, well, yep. the outfit is definitely a great option, especially if it's your first or second go um, in a state that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I said, I've hunted probably six or seven times over in the States and done all public land, but I've uh, been lucky to, to know some um, some Americans that we've hunted with and things and sort of hunted public land, not wilderness areas or anything. So it's been quite easy with the... Um, as far as you know, getting an elk out and all that sort of stuff, but hunting in a, you know wilderness areas where we were going and uh, things like that, you you really need an outfitter. Um, as I've mentioned before, like it's not only getting the, the the meat out because you've got to take everything out, but it's also then what do you do with it? Mm. Um, you know, if you don't have anyone to give the the meat to, you just you might as well have left it in there. And again, that's against the law. You can't sort of do that. So yeah, um, the outfitter option especially for people that are, you know, um, going to do it for the first or second time and just find their way, it's probably the best way to do it, unless you know someone over there already. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 big too. It's a big trip, and, you know, it, apart from the money side of things, everybody knows that part. But, you know, just the time away from family work, you, you, you try and want to get the most out of it. It does depend on what kind of adventure you're looking for as well. Um, I mean, yep. just so everybody knows, Brad and I both didn't harvest a bull. We didn't fill our tags, but... In all honesty, that would have just been icing on the cake for my trip, and I know it was the same as yours. And Definitely. I guess that's that's why we sort of wanted to get together tonight and and have a chat about it, and I guess give people the insight of how we still have fun and you know have that adventure without actually, you know, uh, you know taking an animal. So, um, what? Um, how did your sort of day day to day? Obviously, we got into camp. Um, I dropped you guys off and, and took off, so I didn't get to sort of spend too much time in your guys' camp. But yep. um, what did your sort of day, you know, how you got up early, just sort of step us through what the what the routine was for the day? Yeah, well, for you know people that don't know, we there was the four of us over there. There was um, you and I. You you had a different unit to us, which was probably how far fifty mile away. Yeah, fifty. So yeah. you weren't in, in camp with us the whole time, um, but um, Jerry, Ben, and myself were. Ben had a different unit again, and um, the first couple of days he went in and out on horseback to his unit, um, and I, we, uh, Jerry and I hunted from from our base camp sort of thing, um, and so Jerry and I had the the same unit. We had two different, like a guide each, and um, just hunted different areas. And we would the first day um, we were there. We were there the day before season opened. So we had sort of uh, half a day. We got, I think we got there at lunchtime. Had half a day to set up. Um, well, camp was already set up, but set all their gear up and shoot our bows and things like that, which was uh, which was really important because being at altitude, uh, we were all shooting five yards higher on our on our setup. So oh, you were. I never asked you that. Yeah, because yep. we yeah uh, was, we stopped really at Albuquerque. Funny. We all stopped at Albuquerque. Obviously, and, and we all shot there. I think we're all we're almost more or less dialed in on the indoor range. Pretty good, yep. yeah. Indoor, yep. Yeah, and then we got there, and um, Jerry, Ben, and myself were, were shooting, and we were shooting at um, uh, forty yards, and we're all sort of shooting high. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so we had to readjust everything, and and also where we were shooting, we had a, uh, everyone was shooting high and left, and 
Um, the high was the height was just the the, the altitude, um, so we needed to readjust for that. And the, and the left was just a, a little bit of a breeze we had coming down the, the gully that we were shooting across, and mm-hmm. you couldn't feel it from where we were shooting. But um, once you sort of walked down that, you did. So it was good that we had that opportunity, that sort of half a day to to readjust everything and Definitely. get everything sorted in perfectly, um, which was really good. Uh, and then yeah, then back into it the you know the following day. So. We were getting up at um, oh, we were getting up at quarter to five, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, sun up wasn't till about six o'clock, so we'd get up, um, have breakfast. We had a, a, a cooking camp, which was good. <laughs> so definitely, um, yeah, we we get up and yeah, breakfast would be cooked, the kettle would be on, so we'd do all that. And, um, oh, the make plans that morning or we'd probably already done it the night before of where we were going to go and things mm-hmm. and head out before dawn and uh, the first morning we had a track that we were uh, a trail that we were going to go in on uh, to do a big loop so we left probably just before just before sun up we didn't want to get too far into it yep. because we we're right into elk like we could hear elk from camp um you know within a couple hundred yards there was bu- bulls bugling uh, the night before and that was that happened most nights. There was a water hole not far from camp, and there was elk there most of the time. So it was always pretty good, you know. You can get up in the middle of the night and hear elk, or you know, you get home as soon as it gets dark, they start bugling, and you get up in the morning and they're bugling. It's uh, always pretty awesome. Yeah, it's hard to take. Terrible to sleep. Terrible to sleep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, like just the excitement of it and stuff, you know. I don't think we went to bed till pretty late the the first night, and we're up pretty early and. Um, my guide and I walked up uh, tra- straight from the trailhead where we were camped um, and as I said we didn't go out too early the first morning it was only just cracking dawn when we left and it's a good thing we did because we probably walked uh, two or three hundred metres up the trailhead and there was a five point bull standing on the trail oblivious to us there about 50 yards away cool. um, he, he was only just sort of a young thing so I wasn't going to shoot him on the first day and stuff but could have quite easily shot him. He was just standing there, oblivious to us being there, and he started to walk off. And the guy called him a couple of times, and he turned around and came back into us, into us, and and walked off and things like. That. We just played around with him for a bit. It was pretty awesome. Like you know, if I was just after any elk, or it had been any public land in you know Oregon or Montana where I've hunted before, I would have shot him. He was in trouble. <laughs> my, my hunt, my hunt would have been over in fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, and just so you know, people get an idea. These the units are in. Um, you know, put it put it bluntly, our trophy units. You know, you do have the potential to shoot. You know, giants in them. So we all kind of had, I guess. You know, we had a bit of a. Uh, uh, I don't know the word to use, but you know, a, a sort you know, of I had a standard. A standard, know, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You know what we're sort of chasing. Some some of us had you know higher than others, but um, you know we all had sort of had our personal standards, what we're looking for, and. Um, you know, yeah. it, t- it takes a bit not to not to draw on them. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Look, you know, when the opportunity, like we, um, you know, we hunted in the the Gila, um sort of national forest or wilderness area in in New Mexico, and that's for as long as I've hunted elk, and that's been. I was looking back on photos now. It's been over, you know, twelve years uh, since my first trip and stuff. And I've always, and before that, I was dreaming of hunting elk, and the Gila has always been something that comes up as as a mecca for big bulls and you know they they regularly pull out you know 350 and above up to 400s yep. out of there and you know you can you can google or youtube and always see someone shooting you know something around 400 so i basically you know i didn't have a score in mind as, as much but i i wanted the good representative uh from the healer six point bull so i wasn't going to shoot anything that you know, um wasn't massive wasn't around that 350 or above sort of thing so yeah yeah um and you know i mean i could have shot that thing in the first 15 minutes and then i mean we walked for another few hours and um got in i got in on another another really good bull um the guide and i were that elk were actually bugling a fair bit that morning and uh, they wouldn't they weren't coming into calls but they were responding to bugles so um, I was lucky my guide was able to keep bugling as we uh, found another bull and every time the guide bugled this bullet answer him and 
um, I just had to run up the hill and, well, up about three hills, <laughs> run up a hill and down a hill and up a hill and down a hill. Um, but, yeah, because they were still talking and every time he bugled, I could get closer and I got to within 20 yards of, of this thing and I had a clear shot through a, um, through some scrub at his, at his chest, but I couldn't see his head, so I didn't actually know how big he was um, at that stage. Um, and so I didn't didn't shoot. And they, were, they he was moving to my left, and there was another opening. And I thought, oh, well, as soon as he gets out there, I'll be able to see his his headgear and um, to see whether they're going to shoot him. And that, and I was actually almost at full draw. And just as just like that, the wind changed, blew up there. They they ran out. It was actually with a cow, uh, with a um, yeah, cow, and they they ran off. And as he ran off, I saw he had <laughs> an awesome rack. He was a massive six point. And so again, you know, my hunt could have been over in the first three hours as well. Yep. Uh, if I had it, but yeah, that was pretty awesome. Like, yeah. And you sort of have. I got back to my guide and. Sorry. You alright, mate? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I you know got back to the guide and I said, you know. That's awesome. That's that's exactly what I came for. Like you know, we chased this thing for a few hours, or you know, a couple of hours, and um, to get in that close to something like that was just you know awesome. Like, I, um, so we yeah, I just sat down, had to um, just calm myself down, and that like the adrenaline was just flowing after that that one encounter and things. So yeah, just, that's yeah, awesome. It was awesome. That's that's what it was all about for me. You know, doing that sort of stuff and. Unreal. Did yeah. that sort of, and did you have those kind of like sort of encounters every day, or you, um, you had a couple of low days in between, or? Yeah, we had. Um, when I say we, my guide and I, cat, um, we had the first five, uh, four and a half days for us, we had bulls bugling all the time. So we'd yep. we'd go out in the morning, and wherever we picked to go, we'd have you know we'd hear at least three, sort of three, four, up to five different bulls bugling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that was sort of in the dark. And then we just picked the one that we thought sounded the biggest, which you can't really do, but, you know. Yeah. It's about the only thing you got to go on at times. That's right, yeah. And it's really thick country we were hunting, so there's no glassing opportunities. You just, you know, they needed to make sound yep. for you to be able to follow them. So the first four and a half days, we had some really good action. Um, and we're on bulls every morning. From then on, the next sort of three or four days, it got a bit quiet. Yeah. Um, There's a lot more hunters tended to come into that area. Um, the weather was pretty warm, and, and we had a couple of really windy days, so that um, quietened things down. But but every morning that I went out, we heard at least one elk bugle. Okay. So that gave us something to, to chase. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I said, the first four or five days, they were bugling every, you know, five minutes. And from day five to day nine, they'd bugle, you know, every sort of 20 minutes or half an hour. So it was a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still, you know, I still had opportunities all the way through there. Yeah. And then um, the last morning, you know, we'd, we'd been talking all week about the weather needed to change because it was, it was a bit too warm and it's too windy and things. And the last night it changed and the next morning was just phenomenal the last morning of the hunt when we got up into a a, a big bowl an old burn that um we'd gone through past a few you know about three times but it was just too windy there's no elk in there and i said to my guide if it you know if the wind dies down this is where they're going to be and sure enough you know, like he agreed and sure enough that morning we went up there and there was four bulls bugling and there was two bulls fighting about 100 yards from me and there was cows everywhere it was just it was like you see on the, you know, the Primus videos yep. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it was sort of hit and miss. You know, we had good days early, and then you know, quietened down a bit. But yep. as I said, I I saw elk and had encounters with elk every day. Yep. Yep. Just to give people an idea, I think the hunt started on Thursday, if I'm not yep. correct. Yep. So there's yep. Thursday, Friday now. It's kind of like back home here, but weekends get busy. So if you sort of line that up, the weekends would have been the third and fourth day and probably the pressure then probably set, you know, probably made the elk a bit quieter, um, bugling, that kind of stuff. So that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and then towards the end of the hunt, the, the pressure backs off too. You know, a lot of them go home and that kind of stuff. So 
yeah. uh, the other hunters, that is. Yeah. And there was also another um, another guide of the outfit in um, sort of the same area as where we were. Yeah. And, you know, they got help, basically, they got, you know, got wind of the elk in, you know, where we'd been hunting and they had a few more people coming through there. And, yeah. Um, it, it's, I don't know, it's probably a bit the same as, um, as anywhere really. You know, you see, if you see a car parked somewhere, and you see it there a couple of days, and you think, "Oh, what are those blokes doing in there? You know, yep. there must be elk in here." And that's what that's what happens over there in the states. You know, mm. just um, probably the area we were hunting because there's uh, limited tags. It's not as bad as as over the counter tag areas. But um, I've hunted that kind of stuff before. And you know, you, you're onto good elk for a, a couple of days, and then you know everyone finds out about it, and everyone else is in there as well. So, yep, um, it's just the nature of the beast. Publicly yeah. in hunting, definitely. Not. I mean, we we obviously go down, you know, take the opportunity to go down to these areas because you you do, I guess you probably expect um, just a lot more encounters. Like you can, you know, I know a lot of people know the Colorados and the the Idaho's and the Oregon's, um, you know, the over over the counter stuff. But it is very very rare to get the encounters that you got, you know, day in day out. Let's let's say like that. Um, it's hard to do that in those other states. So we do go down with a little bit higher expectation, but um, it's still public land. There's still plenty of other hunters there and um, relatively small unit really where you guys were. It's a big unit, but the hel- yep. the elk seem to be held pretty tight there. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, they also tend to, you know, being the one, you know, in a, in a smaller part of that unit. Um, but yeah, you're, you're dead right. Like I've hunted Oregon five or six times and, um, I remember I, you know, I was telling the boys like I hunted there one year and uh, for two weeks didn't see an elk in for two weeks. The, yeah. the second last night uh, I saw a cow, I saw four cows and I shot one. You know that's how bad it was. Like we mm-hmm. just seemed to be, you know, there elk in the area and we'd see other hunters that had seen them, but we would just seem to be behind them, you know, one step behind them the whole time. So, yeah. you know, I've had a trip where yeah I saw four four elk and they were cows and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of so much, yeah, so much different. Like I was onto elk every day. Like, yeah. yeah, never, yeah, never had that before. I guess it yeah, makes you appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate it's a hunt like this, and you know, this is there's probably a couple of answers that we're looking for. Is you know, you because you've done the hard yards and that kind of thing. Just the interaction with the elk. Um, I know last year, obviously, uh, for those that don't know, last year I had the the same tag um, as Jerry and, and Brad. Um, I had an earlier season, so I, there's two archery seasons. There's 1st of September to the 14th, and then there's a 15th of September to the 24th. I drew the first tag last year. Um, it was kind of opposite. Uh, every day you start, every day you went, it got better and better. So I was leading in towards the second hunt. Uh, the boys yep. this year, they, you guys obviously started on the 15th, um, yep. slightly shorter season, so you kind of what we call smack bang in the middle of prime time when you're starting and, and obviously that was that was kind of proven for you guys um, but knowing where you're sort of getting around and it was crazy last year we seen one other hunter you know and we we're hunting mm. exactly the same area as you guys but it just goes to show where the elk are the hunters go that's right yeah and look you know we we should have been smack bang in the middle of it you know every indicator was pointing to us being right in the middle of of the rut but we went where we at the start of the rut and it was just weather, you know, yep. weather was the problem. And, and that's always the same wherever you go, wherever you hunt, um, you know, it can be locally, I mean, I'll say locally in Australia here, you know, you've, you've got your two weeks to chase fallow and stuff, but if the, if the weather doesn't play right, if it stays warm or whatever, they just, you know, they're just not into it. Um, and that's what, that's what we sort of had over there until that sort of last day. And that was, that was really the rut sort of thing. Yeah. What's uh, in the morning? So you obviously, you left camp, you'd, um, you'd horseback or walk in. Um, were you sort of trying to catch them prior to their bedding areas or were you trying to bet them up and then have a play on them later in the afternoon or sort of what was your sort of game plan for each day? Um, yeah, the first couple of days we we were probably a bit, uh, a bit slow getting out of the gates. So um, the first morning was okay, the, the, the track that we did. But then the second time, the second morning, we went to a different area, came in the trailhead, and we were probably we were there um, just on on dawn again because I don't tend to like 
walking in on an area where you're walking past elk mm-hmm. or deer or whatever um, in the in the darkness because they can see you and you can't see them and you know you spooked them out of the area. Yep. So the second um, and probably the third morning we went into a different area, walked up the trailhead and we were probably just a bit we were behind the elk the whole time so we were sort of chasing them up as they were bugling it, heading up into their bedding areas. Um, we found that we couldn't catch them, you know, like just yep. trying to get up the hills it's in front impossible. of them. Like it's it impossible. Was, uh, yeah. Um, so I think the f- um, the fourth morning, which is the third one in this in this new area, we I said to God, you know, we just need to get out there early. And luckily, the trailhead went up a gully, um, and the the previous morning the elk were on the ridges on either side. So I thought, well, if we can just get up that gully a bit and sort of try and get in front of them. Um, without the, as the wind was sort of still sucking down the gully, so we had, you know, we weren't going to get winded. Uh, we could probably sneak up there without them seeing us and stuff. So we tried that. We went probably an hour earlier that morning, and it worked perfectly. We got up probably, um, you know, a couple of k's up this trailhead, and then all of a sudden the elk started bugling behind us. Oh, That's perfect. We're <laughs> walking up this gully. And, um, the elk were actually. It was like they were running up behind us. Mm-hmm. They got, you know, ca- caught up to us really quickly and it just started to get light as we could see. And I could see two bulls on this ridge probably 100 yards away from us. Um, one was thrashing a tree, the other one was bugling. It was just awesome. We thought, this is great, you know. And anyway, um, one of them split off, this big six-point split off and walked straight down in front of us 30 yards. Uh, I ranged him at 30 yards and he walked closer than that broadside i drew on him it was dark and i could see my top pin and my bottom pin because they're green i could see my vaguely see my middle pin the 40 yard one which was yellow couldn't see my 30 yard pin and i'm trying it was the elk was walking and i'm trying to say to the guide you know stop him stop him you know with a cow call and he didn't hear me and i so i tried to whistle and then he he called cow called anyway and this thing you know, it should have stopped right where it was, which was about 28 yards broadside. It didn't stop. It as soon as it hear it heard the call, it ran away from us. Oh. And it was a 350, 360 bull. It was a beautiful big six point, big whale tail. Everything that I'd imagined that I would shoot in the healer. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and it ran away. Yeah. So when you see on all those uh, all the videos and that where the elk come in and they just do a cow call and the elk stops and just stands there and they shoot it. And it didn't happen with this big fella. <laughs> he heard that call and he just bolted. I'm out of there. Oh, it, mate, it was it was the best part of the hunt and I won't say it was the worst part because it was just awesome. Like I yep. just, you know, I didn't get the shot, big deal. And I turned to the guide and he was just, oh, I'm so sorry because he didn't, he didn't hear me tell him to, to stop it. So he thought he was stopping it for me. And because it ran off, he, you know, thought, oh, he's done the wrong thing. And I said, no, look, it's all right. I was, you know, I was trying to get you to stop it as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, was, I tried whistling and stuff and this thing just, yeah. And, um, yeah, like it was just awesome, like, to be that close to such a big animal, you know, and had to have it, like, it was bugling as it was coming down the hill. I was just, you know. If I had had a video, it would have been awesome. Yeah, that's. The, I think that's what um, we all we dream it. We dream that stuff, you know. Oh, uh, look, that's the ball yeah. coming down the hill, bugling at you, pulling up, yep. looking at you, you know. And yeah, yep. there's always just a missing piece of the puzzle. It just depends on what end of that story it is. So, <laughs> you know. Well, look, I mean, it, it, you know, it literally when it when um, when cat cow called, it just ran like yep. it just turned and ran. It didn't. It all it needed to do was stop for. 0.5 of a second and it would yep. have had an arrow in its chest like yep. you know i had the pins on it i just needed it to stop so i could mm-hmm. make sure i was going to shoot it and make sure i knew you know that i you know i had a good shot at it. i wasn't going to shoot it at 40 yards when it was walking you know at 30 yards sorry when it was walking i just wanted to make sure of it and yep. it just didn't give me that split second yeah and then the the worst part was like you know we found out later that it was actually walking to a tank uh, a water tank that okay. was 30 yards away from us on the other side. Oh, wow. So if we, you know, if we had known that at the time, we would have just let it walk up there and yep. had a drink and I would have shot it quartering away. Whole other story. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
But you go back out there and you have that time again. You'd you'd still do a cow call again. I know I would. Exactly the same scenario. I'd, I'd still cow call to make it stop. You know, it's just yeah. It's one of them things. It's just you 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 don't know what they're gonna do. No, look, that's you know, nine times out of ten, that's what they do. They stop yep. and have a look for us at least a second. Yeah, big time. You know, um, and it was as I said, it was dark enough. We were down, you know, in the gully. It was coming down to us. That so was looking down into the into what was you know more dark than what. You know, than where, where it was, and uh, it was just, man, just one of them things. <laughs> Makes a good story, I reckon. Oh, look, the the big boys don't get that big by being stupid. Mm, yes, that's so, very true. That's very true. Yeah. So obviously, there was a couple other highlights. You know, for, for you, you you kept getting encounters, but tell me, what was it like walking into the camp and seeing that thing of Ben's in there without getting into <laughs> his story too much? Well, we were we were actually. Um, the day he shot it, we um, Matt, the the main guy, the the outfitter, he he took my guy and I on on the horses, and we did the first the loop that we did the first morning was um, um, right up a trailhead, right up this up a mountain and stuff, and like you know, it's probably going to a couple of couple thousand feet in elevation and things like that. So we took the horses up there this morning, and we probably got up there and had a interaction with a five point. We called it down and things like that but didn't see anything that we you know was going to shoot and we're um trapsing along on the horses and stuff and then like you know modern modern technology my cowboy guides um you know riding along on his horse texting on his phone and stuff like that no he sat fine that's right (laughs) he gets the text from benny saying oh you better saddle up the horses i've just shot a big one and so we were pretty pretty pumped about that and yep. um, we just sort of yeah, hunted our way back to camp and then um, yeah Matt took the horses and straight away and I actually thought about riding in with him but I'd been in the saddle for five hours and I thought me <laughs> my ass cheeks probably weren't going yep, to handle another an, another one so mm. yeah um, but yeah then when Benny came out that, that night and stuff and yeah we saw it and that it was just and I keep saying like Photos just don't do that thing justice. Nope. Like it is massive. Yep, yep, yep. It, um, you know, and obviously being away as I was, I it was great to have the sat phone because I could obviously keep in touch with you guys. And um, mm. you know, it was amazing the feeling when Ben messaged me. I think he shot it at seven twenty-eight. I think I more or less had a message at seven thirty-two. I think it was, but um, you know, it was it was such a relief for the trip for all of us. Like as much as I mean, Jerry did it really tough. You know, he had a tough hunt. You know, it was kind of hard yeah, to sort of talk tough. about talk about our hunts and our uh, encounters and things because you know Jerry. I mean, he went for days and days without seeing an elk. You know, it was it was kind of mm. hard. You you know you felt for him and but you know we're all there for the same thing and that was for each other and and when yeah just seeing seeing Ben's um, and he he will do a recap in the next in the next week. So you know we're gonna hear all about it, but. Um, to just to see his expression on his face and the, and and the emotions he went through and you know the, the man's been looking for a big one for a long time and oh mate it, it made my trip that was for sure I I couldn't care after that it was it, it actually took the pressure off me yeah no definitely because that's the thing like you know I mean they run it you know elk hunting is about a ten percent success rate so between four of us one gets one down that's twenty five percent so. Out of the four of us, we're doing better than anyone else. Yep, exactly. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, yeah, look, as you said, he's put in the, the hard yards. That's, I think he said, like 40-something days of mm-hmm. of um, of hard hunting to get something big. And he's he's passed up a lot. And he passed up a lot on that on that trip. On that trip as well, yeah. Um, you know, Matt said there was um, there was a bull there on one of the days he was in there with him. He said, you know, oh, geez, I wouldn't have passed that, on, that one up. But Ben did. He knew what he wanted. And... Um, well, you know, knew the standard that he wanted and he waited for it and, yeah, he got it, which was good. It was awesome, you know. Yeah. That was unreal. Um, look, you know, good on him. He, he held out for what he wanted like like the rest of us, you know. He had that extra little bit of luck, but he put in the time, you know, um, researched the unit, where he wanted to go, stuff like that. Like, you know, I was watching him shooting before he went into his unit, you know, that day and, like, he was just... He was in fine, you know, in fine form. He was yeah. 
group and arrows like nothing. Yeah, you know? I think so, if, I think if anyone was prepared to shoot a giant that that trip, it was Ben. He'd, he'd done yeah, everything definitely. for it. You know, he'd, he'll hate me saying it, but he was prepared. If he was the one that was, I think it was was more or less was going to make it happen, sort of thing. And uh, yep. you know, credit to him. So it was a. It, it was that's a good exactly job. right. Yeah, no, exactly right. You know, he he did everything that he needed to do. He crossed all his eyes, dotted all his T's, whatever. You know, he was just, yeah. And, yeah, good on him. He, he did really well. And, and, man, it's a stonker. <laughs> I still <laughs> can't awesome. get over it. Yeah, if uh, anyone ever gets a chance to hold that thing, it, uh, the photos, I can tell you now what you've seen on social media, it does look like it, it is just, yeah, it is, uh, it is it, something special. It is massive, like just the, you know, the the mass of that thing is just unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, I remember awesome. coming in, I, I came in, was it day eight, I think I came in? Yeah, 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 and, and took him back I think for I took, a couple yeah, of days. Ben come to, he came to give me a hand in my unit, um, I was on Struggle Street by day eight, so, um, but coming in there and, you know, I was like a I was like a battled warrior, you know, falling down canyons, blood coming <laughs> yeah. out of me. But <laughs> need a new pair of, a new, uh, pair of new pants, mate. Yeah, yeah they're uh, tortoise shreds. <laughs> funny about those things, they don't really work well when you fall down a canyon. I do nothing. <laughs> Turn your torch on, great. They, they, they pull apart on. when you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. For anyone now, I was, I was trying to be sneaky and and get into an area that uh, without turning my torch on, and I fell down a canyon. I disappeared and. I was probably lucky to get away with uh, with just the scratches I had, but uh, could have been a lot worse. But yeah. uh, but I come in and Ben give me that thing. He says, "I oh, hold this thing," and and no joke, I think I took three step steps backwards. It was that heavy. It was it's something. I know we're going on about it, but uh, it is cool. You know, it's you can't even get your hands around the thing. No, like, no. you know, it's just yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But um, it's so cool that you know we've we're all epic adventure you know huge trip of a lifetime and here we're talking about you know an elk that one of the boys shot you know and it just tops everything off so yeah but, no, uh, no it was really it was really awesome so and yeah i'm glad he i'm glad he got one you couldn't get a nicer bloke to to shoot one mate yeah, so. it, was, it was a good crew to great crew to travel with you know we all just bounced off each other and then um, you know, even when we're rattled and jet lagged and everything else, you, you know, you manage to catch your plane and get home and all that kind of stuff and help each other out. So, but um, it was good. Yeah, I home. think the you know the testament to it is like we're all talking about going again next year. So you know, if you if you have a shit trip or or whatever, you you, you don't start talking about that you know, when you're flying back, do you? So <laughs> I don't think we'd we hadn't even flown down the states, and I think we're looking at dates. So that's <laughs> right. Yeah, but. Um, but man, if you had to um, if you had to pick one highlight of the trip, um, what would it be? Oh, I got about three, four. Right, I'll give you three. Give me four. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already spoken to one. That that um, that big three fifty three sixty one that I didn't get a shot at was one. Yep. Um, the next a couple of days later, I was um, I was about thirty yards off a big seven point. It was in some scrub and I just got pinned down by a cow and couldn't get a shot. And anyway, we um, they moved off and we could hear this thing kept bugling and we kept walking down just following it and found a um, an old, big old six-point with a sort of busted tine that was really thick and heavy. It was sort of a bit, you know, I'm not going to say it was as heavy as Ben's, but it was pretty heavy, yep. um, bedded down. And I snuck into about 30 yards and sat there for about 10 minutes debating whether I was going to shoot it or not. Um, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's a big old heavy bull, you know, that's what we want. We want to shoot the old ones and stuff like that. And, yep. and I kept looking at it and it was a bit narrow and it had a broken point. And I thought, well, you know, it's not the gila. It's not a it's not a healer bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that big six point. So I didn't shoot it. And then I, um, I decided not to shoot it. So I stood up to walk away. And as I stood up and turned around, my guide's behind me and, I could just see him drop his head into his hands going, oh, no. He thought his, his hunt was over on day five, but <laughs> it wasn't. He had to chase me around the hills for another five days. Yeah, that was always going to happen. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That's um, cool. And then, yeah, probably the last morning, as I said, I, we went up into this um, into this burn. It was like a big, a big bowl, and there was yeah, four bulls bugling. There was cows everywhere. There was um, two of the bulls started fighting um 100 yards from me 
stuff like you know just walking in and posturing to each other and walking parallel and thrashing trees and then they came together and oh it's just that's yeah, awesome it was awesome like, you know i haven't haven't seen that sort of stuff happen and like just to be able to stand there and, and see it all was just it was fantastic you know i didn't end up getting a shot at the, at the bigger one we um actually the second bigger one was the, the smaller one of those two won um pushed the bigger one off and we chased the bigger one down to mm-hmm. um a guide said oh i reckon he's going to water so we ran down to the the um dam that was near camp and we got there about two minutes after he'd watered and walked off again oh, we, so um, we followed him down we could hear him bugling the highway down he's on another ridge and we were trying to trying to get down there in uh, in front of him and um, just at the end, yeah, he just dropped over the, his ridge and got down there and then came out. And as we got down there, we could hear him bugle. And we thought, oh, good, he's just coming down. But he'd actually been down in water and was walking off. So, uh, But that was, a, that was a magic morning. That that was just fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, Great way to um, and, hunt. Yeah. Well, that was the third one. The fourth one was probably our last night out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was yeah, a good night. I think night. we had a pretty good time. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that certainly... That's a good finisher. Good way to put it on top. But yeah, with um, you know, and I'm asking you this question because I know you've sort of been both ends of the scale with the public land at OTC over the counter. Um, you've now hunted a trophy unit down yep. in New Mexico. What advice would you give to someone that hasn't been over? Um, I know I'm getting a lot of calls and questions and that kind of thing. And um, and to be honest, I, I love helping everyone. If anyone's got any questions that, about this stuff, um. We've got some good contacts between us all now, so um, yep. please hit us up. You know, myself, Brad, I know any of us will um, steer in the right direction because it is a little bit confusing with tags and draws and all this kind of stuff. So um, we're starting to get our heads around it. But what what sort of advice would you give to someone um, in the way of you know how to go about what kind of hunt would you sort of look at the first thing? Um, yeah, just a bit of an insight that way. I think it really comes down to you know your budget and stuff like that like um we we used to be able to do it for um under four thousand dollars including airfares and stuff Mm -hmm. because we had some some mates over there so um you know we'd be able to fly over there with just our bow gear and stuff um and a little bit of camping stuff but our mates in oregon would have a tent for us cots mattresses cooking gear all that sort of stuff um we just takes you know put in for some food and things like that um, but then we're at the mercy of hunting where they hunt um, and they were all over the counter tags yeah. um, in areas that had high pressure and stuff so hit and miss I shot some you know I've shot elk over there uh, in the past um, had a couple of opportunities or I wouldn't say opportunities but close encounters with some some big bulls but never had a, a real opportunity at them um, so that's the sort of you know to dip your toe in the water that's a good way to go yep um but really if you can if you can afford it you you're best off saving that extra extra couple of grand i guess and um going on a guided hunt and and then there are pretty good ones you know around we had a sort of premium tag and that so it was probably a little bit more expensive than yep. than a lot of other areas you know you can get better better hunts in montana and and things like that where you'll get a, a you know a good chance at a decent bull um you know and i think i think realistically if you if you've only got limited opportunities and you're not going to have the chance to go over multiple times you're better off going on a guided hunt yep um, i agree I, I feel um if you you know if you're young you're single you can go over multiple times then you know maybe you want to do a, a few public land hunts and put your toe in the water you know test it out see how you go with that yep um but at the end of the day you've just got to remember as we've said before you've got to take all that all the meat's got to come out and it's got to go somewhere so you actually need to have someone that you can give the meat to yep um yeah that's probably the the thing um, there's plenty of America's good. It's like coming down to Victoria and trying to hunt samba. Anyone can do it. You can go anywhere. You know, there's a lot of public land that you can that you can hunt over there. There's some really good wilderness areas. There's lots of areas that you can research. You know, on the on the internet, there's plenty of Americans that are pretty happy to point you in the right direction of you know where you might find elk and stuff. Um, but yeah, you've, you've still got to get out there and 
get it and get it back and give it to someone. So, yep, yeah. I think we uh, just to let people know that. So Brad and I, we both bought our tags, so we were more or less guaranteed. So we paid our way in. Um, ben and Jerry drew their tags, so New Mexico is a completely random draw. Um, so there's no points or anything this kind of stuff it's just like a lotto system so you apply in the draw if your name's pulled out of the hat you you pull a tag so new mexico is a great way to start if you you know uh, i will break this down one of these days when we get together but um you know new mexico is a good one to start with you everybody's even so nobody's been applying for 20 years and and it's got 20 years points ahead of you or any of this kind of stuff so it's just a pure lotto thing and obviously with contacts and that 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 we have now um, you've got guaranteed tags as well now with those guaranteed tags you are likely that you would have to go a guided deal but with depending on how busy the outfitters are and who's got the tags you can get you know um, DIY stuff so self-guided tags Um, mine was more or less a a self-guided tag I had someone help me out um, which is just a friend of a friend Um, so that was really really good uh, for me because I was in a completely different unit to what I was last year um, so it was good about a, um, yeah, you know, sort of get my head around, you know, what was going on. And it was a very different country to where you guys were as well. So uh, it was very high yeah. desert. You got to spend a, a day or two in there with me, but um, before we started, but it was just completely different country. So um, it kind of, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I was probably a little, little, little bit overwhelmed for the country for the first few days, trying to get my head around it, looking at maps and that. I thought it was all flat. It completely wasn't flat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a big shock. So there's different options. So, you know, as I said, if anyone's got any questions, but yep, definitely New Mexico, it's the one to start with. Um, and then there's other states that you can draw. But, you know, if, I think on with you, you know, budget. Um, if it's your once once only time to get over there, just go for it. Um, you know, if you, it comes back to expectation as well. If you're expecting to go and shoot something, you're going to have to spend the money. Um, if you want yeah. all the chances in the world, you've got a you know a, a big private ranch or something like that um that you know offers some so pretty good elk hunting and there's nothing private land there's nothing wrong with it you get great opportunities and um you know you're generally pretty well looked after you know montana's a good one for that um and then you know obviously the more premium stuff that we're chasing you know new mexico arizona don't do guaranteed tags that's purely just you know um you got to go in the drawer and and just wait, you know, it can take up to yep. 25 years to draw a tag. So it really comes back to expectation, whether you're going for the adventure like we did um, and chasing that trophy bull, if you want to say that, um, and prepare to come home with nothing. That's the, I did that. That was before I left. I, and I think I was, we were talking about it on the plane on the way over, you know, it was, it was like all or nothing, you know, I'd, I've been lucky enough to, to shoot a few now, so I don't have to shoot the first one that comes past me. So, um, and I had just as much fun in, with that in mind than, than what I did if I shot a giant on the first day, so. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as I said, people like I've, you know, I, you know, I probably could have shot that one on the first day, that six point, you know. Um, I didn't shoot it because I didn't know how big its antlers were. I knew it was big, but I didn't know how big. Mm-hmm. I didn't shoot it, but I had another, then, you know, nine and a half days of, of hunting. And yep. at the end of the day, that was probably better for me and more enjoyable for me. I got to chase elk around for 10 days rather than, you know, half a day sort of thing so yeah um but look you know people there are you know there's guided and there's guided there's you know fully guided like we had there's uh you know you can i know in um hell's canyon where we we hunted a few times in oregon um there's an outfitter there that just does drop camps and stuff so they'll take you in drop you there leave you there you know you shoot an elk call them up they come and pick it up and stuff that's a lot cheaper than, than, you know, fully guided and stuff. So there's all those types of options for people. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk about um, – there and there is options for um, guides that will just come and pick up your meat. So you can go um, semi – or, you know, fully self-funded and just go in there and um, shoot something and then ring a, an outfitter and they'll come and pick up the meat. But it's still – that's pretty expensive. You know, they, they charge you a premium for that. So – Sometimes you're better off just going the, you know, the guided option or the, at least the drop camp option. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know, America's got in the, in a lot of the over-the-counter states, you know, Oregon and Montana and things that I've hunted before in Idaho, and they've got some really good wilderness areas. 
um, you know, so you can backpack for miles and things like that. And, um, you know, get get away from a lot of people and things. Um, it's not as easy as what you think because you you know you think oh no one else will walk in this far, but trust me, nowadays they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a lot more people over there that have access to horses and stuff. So there's always, you know, we the first year we went into um, Hell's Canyon, we thought oh we'll walk in, you know. Five or five or ten k's, and there'll be no one else in there. And we got to the trailhead, and we saw all these camps with horses and stuff. You know, so, oh shit, <laughs> they're going to go a lot. They're going to go a lot further than what we are. Yep. Um, you know, and they did, but yeah, look, it's what, are the, what do Americans call it? the land of opportunity. Oh yeah, um, and, and it is like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it, it really probably just comes down to the amount of time you can spend over there and, and your budget if you. If you're only going to be limited to one one or two trips in your in your lifetime or in ten years, you're probably better off trying to save a bit of money and yep. and going with the guided option. If you can go over there every year for ten years, then you probably you know you could do do a few self guided ones and see how you go and work it out from there. Yeah, and I've used it. I've used the guided thing um, for the first you know first two years and and then obviously last year as well. I did it last year because it was more of a premium tag, just like yourself. Um, yep. So that was the reason I went that way. But I've used it in a way as a learning, as a learning, learning, learning. No idea how to chase an elk, you know, 2013 um, being my first year. So I've used the guides to, to gain the yep. knowledge. And my plan moving forward next year and, and obviously this year and then next year moving forward is to do a lot more of the, you know, so easy to draw kind of units, um, something that I can hunt sort of yep. every two or three years mix that out in the in the different states and, and I'll do it on myself and I'll, I'll take the family with me so the money I would normally spend on you know the guide or something like that I'll, I'll take the family with me they'll have a holiday while I'm out hunting so um, yeah. that's just me that's how I'm going to do it and you know I feel that I'm getting to the point now that I'm starting to learn elk a lot better um, you know and, and you know you're starting to get an idea of you know how to hunt them and those kind of things calling um, you know the calling we see on the videos. It's not doesn't really happen like that. These things are tough to hunt. You know they they cover big country and you know that as you said you mentioned it earlier the success rate is you know it is archery tags are only about a ten percent success rate. So um, you know they're, they're not easy to go over there. So if you have the expectation to go over as a, for an adventure, I think you'll be hundred percent satisfied. Uh, if you go yeah. over there expecting to shoot a big bull, uh, you know. Yeah, just be careful with and, that one. And I think you're right. Like um, what you said before about like it's a bit of an education if you go with it, an outfitter. You you do fast track your education on on hunting Huge. elk. Yeah. Um. You know on you know tactics for hunting them, calling. You've got someone there generally that will help. You know that will call for you because um, it's really it's extremely hard to hunt alone calling elk trying to call elk in and being in a position to shoot them and stuff they just they're smart they're not they're not that dumb um you know we i spent probably the first couple of years you know walking around kicking rocks and stuff like that because i didn't know elk the the fellas that i hunted with you know um they'd hunted elk all their all their lives but sort of more rifle slash Mm -hmm. bow hunters and stuff like that so um we would you know i didn't hunt with them the whole time so you know it was a, a steep learning curve it took me a few years to to get in and and even now i, I think i learned you know so much more in this last hunt just being around a camp that you know with people that have hunted elk a lot more and and actually having someone to hunt with um, like being my guide um you know, so i learned a lot more so that was invaluable too so you're not just paying for access and for horses and that you're paying for an education as well so that really fast tracks you you know you've been over there how many times now three or four years sort of thing yeah. and you've probably got you know as much knowledge as what i have and i've been going for doing it for eight or nine years sort of thing so yeah. um you know you you fast track that knowledge and, and that's invaluable sort of thing so you know. yeah definitely Definitely, still make plenty of mistakes. Don't worry, but uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I think I, I think I'm learning from them. So, but um, you know, just on on my one, and and I won't jump into it. But um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I got out of mine is 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 running with like the confidence kind of thing. And 
I just didn't back my decisions quick enough. That was my biggest thing. Um, I do it at home as well in the chasing deer and that as well. It's just it's just my personality. But um, I think I had the plans right the whole time, and it wasn't until Ben came over on the second last day and was like, "Yeah, man, that's that's what you've got to do. Run with it." I'm like, "Okay." Yep. And you know, it nearly paid off that night. You know, on the on the big yeah, one, yeah, was cha- one so of the big close. ones I was chasing. So, so um, close so close you know and, and that happened numerous times but um you know that that's i i, I feel i grew as a hunter uh, not just my elk knowledge but having the, the the challenges that i had um mine was completely different unit was very open high desert as i said you know you could see for absolutely miles um yeah. but the hunting pressure was insane with buggies and four-wheelers and all that kind of stuff so it was just a whole other ball game it was it was crazy so it was, you know, dealing with the mental game and and sort of I knew they were there, but I was just like, no, nah, they couldn't be there. You know, they would have been pushed yep. out of the country. They were, yep. they were there. They they do it every year. They know what they're doing. So, um, but that, you know, that's something I'll take in next year, and you know, I'll, I'll I'll go in confident in the way of you know, if I come up with an idea, have a crack at it and see what happens. You know, so there's certainly no right or wrong in doing it. So, no, let's but, think. Uh, I mean, you know, they're yeah it's all different stuff you just got to yeah i was i was of the opinion like my whole hunt like if i heard an elk vehicle i ran after it yeah you know and i just i was aggressive and i tried to get in as close as i can as quick as i can because as quick as i could because they um you know they were shutting up pretty yeah you know, by 11 o'clock sort of thing so if you weren't in close enough in my unit you couldn't see them yep um you you would never find an elk there if they didn't make any noise you know you'd just be yeah. stumbling across them yep. um so yeah yeah and that was you know yeah. the same thing with me you know i had the as much as i say you know, i had the struggles and all that like you know there was six bulls six or seven bulls that i passed up um you know that i had all within 30 yards broadside looking at me um but it's the, the choices you make they weren't the ones i wanted to take and as i said it yep. was hard to sort of come back to you guys and sort of say oh you know this is <laughs> this is the kind of hunt i've been having but once again you know it's just we we all have sort of different expectations of what we're doing but at the end of the day, we've we've all got a great story to share. Yeah, look, you can't shoot a big one if you keep shooting little ones. That's exactly right. Yeah. Unless unless the big one comes out first. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll we'll take the easy ones whenever they come. But but that I mean, not like, you know, Benny's a good example. Like he passed up some good bulls. Like he passed up some, you know, a couple of three hundreds and maybe even a three thirty sort of thing. Yep. Yep. Um, before he shot, you know, his big one, and that's what you need to do. So exactly, you know. And, and that, look, we part we passed him up, and we we didn't get our opportunities. And you know, yeah. that's not to say next time, you know, we don't we'll we'll get our opportunity. Like it, yeah, yeah, it's there somewhere. We'll be back Hopefully. there. To, we'll be back there I, I to keep, try again. I keep telling myself that it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. It is. It is. Well, we'll get you. We'll get you applying this. Well, next year we're going to get you into the twenty eighteen application things so i know i'll make sure of that yeah no definitely yeah um i haven't uh, as i said i haven't hunted elk for probably i think it's five years um it was about about five years ago was the last time i'd been over um for various sort of family reasons and stuff like that but um yeah certainly lit the bug again so uh, you know i'd I'd been over i think it was either six or seven years in a row sort of thing and um, that was all I lived for, you know, was for September and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. It's sort of coming coming around like that again. And very luckily, I've got such a supportive wife that, uh, she's, you know, she's of the opinion, oh, you got to do things that you enjoy. So yeah. I think yours is the same. So yeah, we're, we're t- lucky it, men. It's a team sport, mate. It is. It really is a team sport. Yep. And look, if we can, uh, you know, get, well, I don't know whether we need to take them over next year. They might enjoy it too much and then it'll be, you know, it'll be expensive to take the families over every year. Oh, but if it gets us there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It'll weigh up the cost either way, don't you? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, mate, I, I've got to thank you for, you know, sharing the insights and, you know, and, and obviously giving us a, a real honest sort of genuine feedback on your hunt, you know, as much as uh, it sounds like you had no blast. I know you had a blast and, um, you know, to, to hear that coming from something that you didn't harvest – um, you know, I think that's, you know, it shows you, you know, what you're there for and, um, you know, it's a credit to to be able to, to walk away from a hunt like that and, and say it's probably one of the best ones you had. Oh, no, look, mate, it was awesome. Like, you know, I think you said to me, I just go like, you know, you, 
your tag is basically just your pass to go on the ride for 10 days and you know, I had an awesome ride. You know, it's it was 99, 95% successful. The only thing I don't have is something hanging on the wall. And, you know, as I said to the guys over, like some of the elk that I could have shot, like I wasn't going to shoot him because, you know, what was I going to bring home? Like, you know, a piddly little thing, you know, that I wouldn't have, would never have been happy with. Like yep. I was in a, a unit that had big bulls. I was only going to shoot a big one. I can't bring back the meat. I'm not going to shoot something that, you know, is just going to, not that the meat would have gone to waste because, um, you know, the guide was going to take it and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, in myself, I was more than like the experience and the interaction with everything, the countryside, you know, um, uh, like I keep raving on to people, like the day we went on out on the, the horses and stuff was one of the best hunts I've ever been on. Like, yeah. you know, climb up, you know, trailhead in the, in the dark and, then get up the top of the mountain and see the sunrise and stuff like that and sitting on the back of a horse it was just you know it was just an awesome day you know yeah that's unreal. that sort of stuff made the made it for me yeah definitely know. definitely um, i don't need to be shooting things like you know i've shot stuff in the past and things and you know i'm just there for the adventure and things and you know one of us got ones and that's all you know i'm happy enough with that yeah that's good well mate uh as i said thanks again mate and um no doubt. I think in the next few months we'll be uh, we'll be playing the September twenty eighteen by the sounds of it. Yes, definitely, mate. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for the invitation too. Because uh, yeah, if it wasn't for you and wasn't for your podcast and the fact that I came on as a as a guest early on, I, I probably wouldn't have even got an invite. So um, <laughs> it's all come around pretty quick. It was awesome. No, it's awesome, mate. It's just funny how these things <laughs> it's work. It's pretty awesome getting that text message. That <laughs> it's pretty awesome getting that text message on that Wednesday morning. <laughs> Uh, the random the random things I do and how they play out. So, <laughs> hey, mate, and and just to come the day after I sold my house. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it was a trip that was meant to be. I think. Oh, it's perfect, mate. It was awesome. Thank you very much. I really no. appreciate it. Good stuff. That's no, good, mate. All right, guys. Well, um, if anyone's got any questions, you know where Brad is. Um, mate, what's your Instagram handle again? Yep, uh, it's just Aussie Bow Hunter, um, and I'm just on Facebook as just Brad Murphy. But yeah happy enough to answer any questions about you know anything um about the trip or or anything like that so anytime you know always or like like most of us always up to um, to chat about elk hunting and hunting in general and anything like that and yeah obviously especially anything related to archery shooting coaching anything like that too so yeah we'll start to get that time of year again and you know we'll be all sort of practicing it you know early next year again so um but yeah no if as i said uh if anyone wants to contact uh myself um draw seasons uh they kind of kick off about january so if anybody is interested in getting over the states next year um yeah shout us out and and you know where to find us myself brad um and we'd be happy to help so yeah i definitely think you know if anyone's interested in getting into the the draws and, and all that sort of stuff, you're probably as knowledgeable as, as, as anyone that I know at the moment, stuff with it all. So um, going through, you know, um, what tags and where and stuff like that because it's very confusing. Each state's different. Each state's got a different point system. Um, yeah, so it's very confusing. So to have someone, you know, as I said, I've been out of it for a, for a few years, so I haven't really looked into it. But, yeah. So if anyone's interested, they should really hit you up and – yeah, if I, I can't want to give you, you any more work, mate. But <laughs> nah, it's all right. Uh, if I can't help you, I'll um, I'll steer you in the direction. I've got people to help me as well, and um, there's some avenues that we can use that really help us out financially as well. Um, there's WTA tags, which is your Cabela's tags. Um, they actually float your fees. So mm. in Mexico, you do have to pay up front with all your applications, but um, WTA. Um, they actually float them. So that's who I've used. That's who Ben McCulloch's used and a few others. Um, I think it's really, really handy. And um, you can tell them what you want. So we, I still choose my units and where I want to go and they just have, they just apply for me. So, um, And we probably should do the right thing. And, and Matt Ellis, Borderland Outfitters, you can find him on, on Instagram. Um, he's a man that sorts us all, all us out in, in New Mexico. Um, it's not the five-star deal. It's it's true hunting. It's the canvas wall tent. It's horseback, and if you're lucky enough to draw the unit that Ben was in, um, it's full wilderness. <laughs> so you're horseback in. You got a little tent. There's nothing flash, but you know he can put you on the bulls. That that's the best. That's what I like. So um, you know if anyone's interested in chatting to him, he does have guaranteed yeah. tags and all that kind of stuff, um, as you know yeah. too well. So and look, it was a good hunt. Like I, you know, 
you say only wall tents and stuff, but it's really it's that's what hunting is. You know, it was it was, it awesome. was awesome. Had everything that everything that we wanted. Like you know, we didn't want for anything the whole time we we're over there. Yep. Um, and as far as the W2A, I think I'll be doing the same sort of thing. You know, yep. next year, like I've in the past, I've you know applied and and had to pay the money, and then you have to get the check back, and then you have to you know it's yep. it's a pain in the bum, and you know someone. If someone's going to float that money for me, then I'm all for that sort of thing. So yep. yeah, it does. I'll be definitely getting into that this year. And allows us to, you know, allows us to apply to all the different states as well. So you're you're just creating more opportunities, um, different species, and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, the list goes on. But I could go on for obviously for mm. ages, but um, but no. As I said, thank you again, mate. And um, no worries, mate. We'll call it a night. Thank you again. Awesome, mate. Thanks again, mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Got it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Hunting Camp Down Under podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hunting Camp Down Under. Send me a direct message with any general questions or further information on any of the topics that were discussed during the podcast. Or if you have a great story to tell and would like to share it, be sure to hit me up. I'd love to have you on the podcast. You can also email me at huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com. That's it from me this week. May the hunting gods be with you on your next adventure. Bye for now.